Welcome to Thriving at Home, a podcast where we discuss all things family, marriage, parenting, and relationships. Our goal, to disturb and disrupt the ordinary mundane life and give you the tools to move from surviving to thriving. We're your hosts, Eddie and Jessica Harrison. And we're so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode number nine of the Thriving at Home podcast. Darling, how are you? I'm good. I am tired. (laughs) I'm excited to be here, though. We're both pretty tired. We are. uh, I feel like we're we're not empty, but we're both running like we're like hovering right above E, kind of at that point where you say, um, man, I really should go fill up. But uh, I can make it a little bit. Yeah, I don't have time to stop for gas at this point. (laughs) So most of you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast, we recently moved. We're actually sitting in our new home now. Uh, It's starting to feel like home. It's we're loving it. Absolutely loving the new place. Um, But as you can imagine, over the last couple of weeks, it has just been a whirlwind of activity, moving houses, the boys changing schedules, trying to figure out new kind of patterns of where we go to eat and where we go to grab things and where we what time we have to leave the house to get to a certain place. I mean, it's just been a little bit different. Something we haven't had to deal with in a long time. Yeah, and I think too, like, you know, just even for kids, even if it's a positive change, it's still change and giving grace for that. So our boys have been really pushing boundaries in every area. Um, The toddler who is two and a half is having tons of tantrums, doesn't want to potty train any longer, wants to have nothing to do with it. And the older two, um, just all the excitement. It's hard to stop and have to do normal things like pick up trash after a snack or pick up clothes instead of like just putting them in the dirty clothes hamper. So all of these things where I feel like I'm having to retrain just because it's a new space does not mean it's new rules. So it has been a week. um, I've been momming a hard this week reinforcements it, yes a week of reinforcements to their credit it's been like the wild wild west around here i mean right. it's just like every man for himself just find what you can and, and I, go for it i will say though like we're 85 90 percent through the boxes yes which is like, like light at the end gr- of the tunnel yes yeah and then we're just kind of down to hanging pictures and we're so blessed in the fact that the place that we moved in this is the first time ever in 16 years of our marriage that we've moved that we ran home depot and all we had to do was we picked up a flower pot and copied keys yeah we did not and buy it we bought a new garbage can we did not have to stroke one paintbrush anywhere on any wall it was move in ready this is the first time every home we've ever bought has been the worst one on purpose so that we yeah. could do this with equity ourselves. And we're just thankful it was painted and ready for us to move in. Yeah, there's stuff we'd like to change over time, but like yeah. nothing that we have to change immediately. No, which has been, that's been a huge, huge blessing because I couldn't imagine where we were like seven and a half years ago when we bought our home here in right. North Orange County with having children. Like we actually at that time had two. I couldn't imagine having three and starting a whole like from scratch remodel, but people do it. Yeah. They do it and it's awesome, but I'm just thankful for this time. We didn't have to, but, um, it's been great, but it's, you know, it's, we resumed normal schedule and normal life without either of us taking time off work. Right. And we just went for it. We moved in and then the next morning our boys had team basketball pictures and basketball games and life just went on, you know? So we actually, we did did take a little bit of a break on Friday. I was just going to say, we actually, we were the, I was the cool mom and I looked at you 
that evening we were at um Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. We were out and I was like, Hey, what if we let our kids play hooky on Friday? I think we need a day to breathe. <laughs> and we did it. We totally yeah. let them stay home and had some time. Yeah, it's been good. It's been really good. And the weekend has been uh yesterday was a huge day. Do you remember why yesterday was big? I'm trying to think like, back to Saturday. Like literally big. <laughs> well, our kids we have a giant a trampoline, down trampoline in our backyard free from somebody that lives a half a mile from us that we know. Yeah. So you ran into somebody that we know and they said, hey, I bought this trampoline for my kids a couple of years ago. They used it twice. They if don't you, want it. If you guys will come take it down. You can have it. You can have it, which uh, sounded like a great thing. Now, most trampolines that you buy, they're like eight foot trampolines, maybe 10 foot trampolines. This is a 14-foot trampoline, and 14 meaning, like, in diameter. I mean, it is a – I'm pretty sure the Olympic team is going to be practicing <laughs> in our backyard. That's how big this thing is. But – so we went and took that down yesterday, um, which was not You're, a, You say we. You did it. You put the work gloves on, <laughs> took every spring off, but every – but you know what? It's I'm, le- I'm looking at it right now through yeah. our slider yeah. off our dining room. And it, it's perfect for the backyard. Yeah. The boys were out the next morning, you guys – after we got it, <laughs> my boys were up at 7 a.m. out there and just going for it. Yeah. Just loving life it's on been the trampoline. Really good. Anyways, yeah. it's been a great it's been a great week in the new house. And uh, man, um, we're excited. I'm excited for the podcast today. Uh, we've got a great topic that we're going to mm-hmm. talk about. Uh, before we get to that, you guys can always find us on Instagram and on Facebook at Thriving at Home Pod. I promise you more content is coming. We have just been busy, busy, busy since this thing started. And uh, I'm so um, grateful for those of you who are already fo- already following us. And uh, for those of you who will soon uh, be following us after this, check us out there. Also, it's really helpful, too, if you guys throw some ideas our way in terms of what you'd like for us to cover on the podcast. We have dreams and hopes and, and things that we'd like to accomplish. But, man, it, it would be good to hear from you as well. So go ahead and tag us. Um, on Instagram or Facebook at Thriving at Home Pod. Let us know what we should talk about, what we should cover, what you're interested in, what would be helpful to you. And we'll try to get to those things uh, if we feel like we can add any value to those topics. But today, we're talking about four characteristics of couples who get well. So this is this is presuming that you've gone through a rough patch in your relationship, that you've gone through some pretty difficult seasons uh, in your marriage and uh, these are four things that you can do or that you can make sure that you're paying attention to to ensure that you will get well in your relationship that you will get better in your relationship now before we get into this I have to admit this is not our content Uh, we um, we are actually leaders at our church of a ministry called marriage point and within marriage point there's kind of two arms of that ministry there's a a curriculum called Reengage, which is for married couples, and there's a curriculum called Merge, which is for premarital um, counseling and training of sorts. And so, this last semester, we just finished a semester this last week, which also added to the busyness yeah. of our week, um, and graduated about 20 couples from that program. Uh, super excited! Another three or four couples from Merge that graduated earlier in the semester, and so we're coming off at of the end of the semester, really, really pumped at what God did in these marriages. And and basically, what happens is this: when they come in the first night. We have them rate their marriage on a scale of one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best. And we all admit that 10 is, is perfect and none of us are there. And so what we ask the couples, what would you rate your marriage? And it's amazing to see the answers come in as these people, um, you know, some couples rate their marriage eight 
or nine and they say, man, we're doing pretty good and we're just here for a tune up or we're just here to maintain that. Right. Uh, but there's a lot of couples that come in and say, hey, we're a two, we're a three, or maybe the husband says we're a five or six, but the wife says we're a two or three or vice versa. Um, it's, it's, it's such a powerful first step to just acknowledge where yeah. they both think they are. Cause sometimes I've watched them look at each other like, Oh, you thought it was that, you yeah. know, you thought it was that. And it's, it can be hard, but it's so good. Cause it's a great place to start. It gives you a starting point. It lets yeah. you know where each other stands as far as how they feel about the relationship. But as they work through the 16 week curriculum, they cover topics like forgiveness and grace and mercy and communication and all of the things necessary to have a Christ-centered marriage, learning to put Christ at the center of their marriage um, and, and not um, realize that it's, it's not all on their shoulders, that they, they have to do the work. But at the same time, um, they can't do it on their own. They need Christ to help. And so uh, as we graduated those couples the other night, this is a document that we shared with them that actually comes out of the, the church that created this curriculum in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I just thought it would be good if we shared this content with you guys so that you might be able to write some of this down, take some notes, and um, maybe apply this to your marriage as well. Because really, whether your marriage is a two or your marriage is a nine, uh, this is helpful material. Yeah, and I would say if you're listening to our podcast and you live here in Orange County, please come and sign up yes. on Thursday nights. We're starting a new round just in a couple of weeks. Um, but if you are not, this is so great if you're not physically able to be in our, re you know, in our program. Yeah. It's so awesome to, you know, first of all, rate your marriage and then take these things we're about to tell you and talk with them together. I think dialoguing is the most important. We tend to be roommates when life gets busy with our spouse. And we would encourage you this week, let's not do that. Let's not be ships passing in the night. Let's not be quick, like, kiss, I got to go. You do this, kid. I'll do this. We have to connect with each other during the week intentionally on purpose. For sure. For sure. So Watermark Church out of Dallas, Texas is the one that put out this curriculum. And they say that over the last 10 years, there's a pattern that they've observed in couples that get well. Now they've had thousands of couples. Uh, this church is massive in Dallas and they've had thousands of couples go through this program. Uh, and they say that there's a pattern that they've observed in couples that get well. And they say always when couples get well, four things will happen. Um, there will be a renewed or new passion for Christ and uh, there's lots of ways that the Bible talks about these passions uh, for Christ and the way that they're lived out in our lives. And so four kind of C's, four characteristics of couples who get well. The first is this, Christ. There is a renewed spiritual vitality. Yeah, sometimes it's people coming to Christ for the first time or a renewed passion to obey and live out their faith. Yeah. And um, John 15 talks about us abiding in the Lord. Yeah, John 15 is all about, it talks about, I am the vine, you are the branches. And it talks about being rooted in Christ. And so realizing that we cannot do life on our own. We cannot possibly be the, the husbands or the wives that we need to be without being firmly rooted in Christ. It's such a powerful concept. And so uh, also 1 Corinthians 10 31, it talks about doing everything for the glory of the Lord. It says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so the number one thing, the first characteristic of couples who get well is that they, are, um, they have a renewed spiritual vitality and they are centered in Christ. The second one is this, the circle. So one, number one is Christ. Number two is circle. And they, in the circle means this, they see themselves as their biggest marriage problem. So in, in re-engage, when we're um, talking to couples, we talk about drawing a circle around themselves, or sometimes uh, leaders will bring a hula hoop and they'll put the hula hoop in the middle of the group. 
And they'll say, when you're talking and when you're, when you are uh, reflecting, you stay inside the hula hoop, you address the person inside the hula hoop and don't deflect your problems or push your problems onto your spouse or to anyone else. And Matthew seven verses three and five speak to this, uh, or three through five, excuse me, uh, speaks to this when it says, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, hey, let me get, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, get the rid of the log. Uh, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Yeah, couples who get well, they see themselves individually as the biggest problem and begin to work on themselves, which I feel is very counterintuitive to what the culture says. A lot of our, you know, you say something, oh, we just had this fight in our marriage or it was a rough week. And it's like just intuitive that everyone's like, oh, well, tell him he needs to act this way or do this or tell her she needs to stop complaining or do, you know, and it's just, first of all, a healthy marriage is you being 100% and him being 100% and you working individually, it's not a 50-50 equaling 100. No, it's yeah. a strong 100 with one person, a strong 100 with the other. And that is where it starts. It's not about keeping score. Yeah, when, couples are, mad, when couples are mad with each other, they're upset with one another, they rarely think that they are the problem. They, rather th- they rarely think that they have anything to clean up. And a lot of recovery programs actually teach this concept as well. They say, hey, you need to clean up your side of the street or identify what your part in the story was. Right. And so just like an, uh, an addict would need to do when they are making amends to other people, uh, married couples need to constantly look at each situation and say, okay, what's going on here and what is my part in this process? What okay. do I have control over that I can change Absolutely. in myself first. Absolutely. And then individuals, we, we just always need to make sure that we're honoring God in everything that we do. Um, and so if we pay attention to ourselves and we pay attention to the fact that we are to honor God in every way that we talk and act and speak and everything else, man, uh, good things will come out of that. Mm-hmm. So number one is Christ. Number two is circle. The third characteristic of a couple that gets well is this. They're committed. They are ruthlessly committed to their marriage. Yeah, Matthew 19, 6 says, it is God who joins us together. And because of this, we are not to separate. And I love this. It's an image we use. It's being in a room with lots of open doors. Yeah. So in the in that room, uh, the open doors, um, people might think uh, they could get out of their marriage by having an affair, physical or emotional. They can escape their marriage by doing that. Uh, or they can say, hey, you know what? I'm not very happy with my marriage, so I'm going to step through this open door and um, give myself completely over to my work or a hobby. Uh, they might even say, um, you know what? Uh, it's easier to just live undivorced. It's, easy, it's easier just to be roommates and coexist. Um, I'm not going to invest in my marriage, but instead I'm just going to give my energy elsewhere. I'm just not going to spend any time on my marriage. Like super apathetic. Yeah, super apathetic to the whole thing. And living kind of as roommates as opposed to spouses and under that covenant that God had once, um, that, that God had once, you had once committed to uh, in the eyes of God. And so um, it's important that we don't 
um, view our lives and our marriage as though we're in a room with a lot of open doors, but rather there's one option and that is to center our marriage in Christ. Yeah. And the couples that get well, um, they close all the doors, meaning they just take all the options off the table. So don't tempt yourself with leaving doors open as ways to escape That's quote right. unquote from your marriage emotionally. Just be in a place where you're healthy enough to just close the doors, take those options completely off the table. That's right. And the word divorce should never even be a word that gets used. Um, it's not a word that should be in your vocabulary. That's not God's plan for your marriage, no matter how dark and how crazy it is. Um, divorce was never the plan. And so, um, I feel like as we get comfortable with that word, Mm -hmm. then we're more apt to, um, put action behind it. And that's not what God wants for us. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool actually with this whole thing of being, you know, committed through thick and thin, ruthlessly committed research shows that couples that are committed to each other in this way will make it regardless of the state of their marriage. That's awesome. That's awesome. So number one is Christ. Number two is circle. Number three is committed. And the last one is community. They are fully known by others. I think a lot of couples skip this one. I think they don't realize how important it is um, to be in community, to have other like-minded couples that are chasing the same thing as you, that are trying in their marriage to do everything they possibly can to do the right thing. But it's important. Community is so important. It's important not to isolate yourself, not yeah. to put yourself in a situation to where uh, nobody knows you well enough to ask you the tough questions. Nobody is able to speak into your life. If you ever find yourself as an individual or as a couple in a place where no one has access to speak truth into your life, you're in a very dangerous, dangerous place. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says this. It says we should um, let us think of the ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That we're constantly to be looking for those things. First Thessalonians 5.14 says, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. I love, 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 love that I verse. I love that verse. That's one of my favorite verses. And so the ways that we can be um, in a community are, are simple. Uh, we can surround ourselves with friends that are not just for us individually, but that are for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, if you're a Christian, you can do that in your faith family. So if you go to church, uh, that can be found in your church. It can be found at an even in- more intimate level uh, if you join like a small group or a growth group or something like that, because those are um, times you're going to be spending with a much smaller group of people who will get to know you better than, say, a large group of several hundred would. Yeah. And um, yeah, so you should you should definitely find a way to get plugged in to the community. Yeah, I love that just the whole concept of this has been what couples do that get well, meaning we have to acknowledge there's going to be rough patches, there's going to be hard things, but we're committed, we're ruthlessly committed, and you can get well after a rough patch, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's hope. And so if you've got breath in your lungs tonight, if you've got breath in your lungs as you're listening to this podcast, then there is hope for you. Um, You are not forgotten. I have a fun game to play on our way out. Okay, let's do it. Okay, it's going to put you on the spot. We did not talk about this. We did not, okay. We did not. We definitely did not. Let me take a drink here. Okay, tell me one thing about you that is new, like that I don't know. One thing about me that is new. Like you started recently liking hot dogs or you decided you don't like dark roast coffee or. Well, I've always liked hot dogs. That's true. I've always liked I didn't dogs. for the longest and then I did. But I want to know one thing okay. that's new-ish because you're always, you know, you're always changing. 16 yeah. years is a long time. And then I would also like to know one thing you're looking forward to this week. Mm. Okay. Uh, new. 
man, that's tough because I feel like we 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 talk a lot about this. So I, I have one about me or well, about I you? can tell you. Okay, about tell me. me something new about you. Okay, something new about me. I you know how much I love coffee. Yeah, I love coffee, but I don't like coffee ice cream. I don't like coffee like mocha flavored thing. I just like coffee. Yeah. I do not want. So I knew that about you, but just recently. It was very recently. Very recently. I learned about that because I was, I went to the store. I was like, I saw this coffee flavored ice cream and I thought Jessica will love this. Brought it home and you're like, oh. I took like a few bites. You're like, this is nice. Thanks. And then I noticed you didn't eat half, like not even half of it. And I was like, <laughs> that's not like Jessica to pound that gelato. That <laughs> I mean, it was, a, gelato. it was a pretty small portion. No, so I thought, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, it was, uh, that is something new that I've learned it about you new, recently. News. I, um, okay. New for me. Uh, you probably already know that. I mean, you know this, but it's recent. Okay. Is I prefer almond milk in my coffee. Oh yeah. I prefer it. Over any other kind of milk. So I, not to, okay. Wait, no, this is new. So you're saying not just for health reasons you're choosing it. Like you actually prefer it. Yeah, I think it makes the coffee taste better. Oh, yeah. I just learned something new. Yeah, okay, I great. I've been ordering it that way everywhere where I go because it used to be. I mean, I I drink coffee black a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I still that's probably my go-to way, especially if it's a really good coffee. Just Show black. off. But <laughs> for the longest time, I went half and half. And like steamed half and half in my coffee. And that's okay. It's good. Yeah. But when I was trying to get a little healthier a couple months ago, I started using almond milk. It's it's, it's healthier for you, better for you, or so they say. And so uh, I found myself liking it. I yeah. found myself enjoying it. You and guys, Eddie didn't even start drinking coffee until like six years ago. It's crazy. It's crazy. I actually uh, was inwardly judgmental towards coffee drinkers. Yeah. It, like he was like, I bet you can't quit it. I'm like, why do I have to try? I mean, <laughs> I have it in moderation. I have like one to two cups a day. Here's what changed. Here's what changed though. Yeah. It's when I, well, let's see. I don't know that it changed when I started going to Guatemala, but when I, after I had gone to Guatemala a few times, mm-hmm. um, I started to realize what a culture coffee has around it. Yeah. Like I never, like, you know, wine has a certain culture around it. Even like cigars have, I don't smoke cigars, but cigars have a culture around them. Like um, you learn about kind of like this bean comes from this place and it's roasted a certain way. And then it's, the soil, you know, the, the soil yeah, that it's, it's, I mean, it's just a fascinating culture Yeah, and I'm not a huge wine drinker and I don't smoke cigars. And so I was like coffee, I can get into coffee. And so when I started to think about it from that perspective, um, it actually made a lot more sense to me. Yeah, and do you remember back on my 30th birthday, my friend Lisa Militello bought me the stovetop. Yes. Um, Like, I don't, what espresso. is it? Espresso, yeah. yeah. And it, I was making it, and it just smelled so good. Yeah. And you were like, hmm. Then you tried, that was like the first thing you tried that wasn't. Yeah, that's the other thing about coffee, too, is that there's like a million different ways you can make it, and I enjoy that. I yeah, enjoy tinkering fun. with French press, AeroPress. We still don't have Chemex, a Chemex, but all these different things. Yeah. But we tried Chemex, and I didn't like it that much. But no. I don't. I may have messed it up. I don't know. But anyways, it's just a fascinating culture, and uh, and along the way, I've learned to like drinking coffee. I I love that we connect on that now. Like, yeah. I mean, we have like I love that we sing together. That's super special to me. Yeah. But now that we both share love of coffee, yeah. Is a whole new level now, of as awesome. far your other question was, what am I looking forward yes. to this week? I think uh, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most this week is probably 
Bennett and Chandler's basketball game next Saturday. <gasps> because they, okay, so guys. It our, has been awesome. Our boys just started playing basketball this year for the very first time. They play in a, uh, it's a great organization called Upwards uh, or Upward um, Christian centered. They have devotionals, uh, every practice and stuff. It's great, great, great league. If you've got one of those in your area, uh, it's a great experience. Go sign up. Um, uh, and they're not even paying us to say that. I'm just giving you that for free. <laughs> um, but the boys are playing it this year for the very first time. And, uh, I thought they would be pretty good at basketball, but man, they are monsters. Yeah. They're like, super good. It's they're so, so fun to watch them play. They're very, very good. And they're enjoying it. It's good exercise. They're on the same team. They're on the same team. It's oh, very cool. They get to play precious. with their best bud, Braden. So, uh, and I'm, and I actually ended up coaching. So I'm one of the, uh, coaches, me and my, uh, my best friend, Brian. So, uh, it's been a good experience overall. And so I am, uh, I'm looking forward to that this week. I'm sure there's other cool stuff happening this week. I just haven't, I just can't remember. Do you want to know what oh, I'm looking forward to? What? Oh, 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 <gasps> oh, we've got a couple of big things. I, I'm week. reading your mind right now. I can totally say what you're going to say. Should we say it at the same time? Hold on. Let I me think, say it. I think it's got, the same thing, I've but I'm not one, sure. I've got one and then we'll say that one together. <laughs> I got another one. <laughs> We're going out to d- dinner on Wednesday mm-hmm. with some great friends mm-hmm. and some people, actually new friends that we've just recently met. Um, in the last few months and we're going to go have dinner with them. It's going to be great. And then Friday we're going to see Gregory, Gregory Porter. Porter. Yeah. So. That was going to be, I'm like so psyched. And we planned this out to where we're going to Italy, LA yes. eat and we're going to see Gregory Porter. We had this date night planned like two months ago. We plan a date night once a month. It's been on the calendar sitters locked and loaded like i'm so stoked for friday night in la yep so we're going to ucla to royce hall to see gregory porter if you don't know who gregory porter is and if you like jazz or like easy listening music look him up because he's phenomenal it's so so like decompressing his voice like it's stress it's just like a stress decompressor his music is so (laughs) awesome i'm really looking that's actually what it says on the back of his cd if you flip it over it just says decompress uh, here your your stress decompressor yeah the voice of of no stress (laughs) um and then that was going to be mine and then but i did have one other okay we just moved in the house and the fridge is pretty empty and I'm actually really looking forward to, I love grocery shopping. Like most girls love like clothes shopping. I am super looking forward to grocery shopping, filling the fridge with meal ideas and like cooking some good, wholesome, healthy dinners for the family this week. Getting that back on, on lock, That's awesome. on fleek, on whatever, <laughs> just doing it. I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Well, Hey guys, uh, thanks for listening tonight. Um, or today I should say, I don't know when you're going to listen to this. We're recording it at night. Um, and if we sound a little tired, it's because we are, we're <laughs> just being honest. We're a little tired, but we didn't want to miss a week. We want to bring this to you consistently every single Monday so that you can, um, enrich your marriage, enrich your family life and thrive at home. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at thriving at home pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We love you guys. Have a great week. See you later.